We just read John's account of the arrival of Jesus. This is John's strange but interesting account of the birth, the arrival of Jesus to the world. And it's not by coincidence that he starts with the phrase, in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you're familiar with the Bible, you will know that John is immediately turning our attention as readers back to the very opening words of the entire Scriptures. The creation of the world. We're told, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's this separation. He says, in the earth there was darkness. And the darkness connotates in and of its own being a separation from the light, this distinction between heaven and earth. And it says that the darkness was formless and empty. Now we know that this is beginning to talk about God creating light, creating day and night, instituting light into the world, but there's something deeper happening in this story. Because God himself is light. That's why the psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 39, Psalm chapter 36, I believe. He says, we see light from God. And John later, when he was writing a letter to his followers, would say, God is light. And in him there is no darkness. It's why for thousands of years, Christians have lit a three-wicked candle, referenced as a Trinity candle, to symbolize the triune God who is light. But our world is still dark, isn't it? We see violence. We feel pain. We hurt. We suffer loss. In many ways, our lives feel the twinges of emptiness. We know what it means to be formless, to feel somewhere at the core that we're not sure what this life is really all about and where we're headed. And from the darkness of our world and our lives, though we might believe that God is light, the light feels far from us. Um, So, uh, end of 2014, I was diagnosed with uh, a pretty fatal heart arrhythmia called ventricular tachycardia. Um, It's the one that athletes usually get and you kind of see them drop over. So, it was a pretty pretty significant arrhythmia that I was diagnosed with. And um, it kind of hit me 
um, by surprise. Uh, I knew that there was something wrong, but um, when, when I was diagnosed with it, I got immediately rushed to the hospital, and I was in the hospital for 10 days. And um, after a failed attempt to correct the arrhythmia, um, I was given a defibrillator. Um, so at the age of 34, when this happened, um, I pretty much thought that my life as I knew it was over. Um, I realized that at that point I had been finding my identity in a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have, um, my work, uh, my activities. I was a runner, cyclist, and I knew all those things were going to change pretty drastically. And um, I didn't know how to get through this time on my own. In 2006, when my brother died, um, I knew he was very sick for a while. We knew he was declining, but, you know, there was no time to say goodbye. Um, he was alive one day and dead the next. So that was extremely hard. I didn't really, you know, I grieved, but because my parents were grieving so much, I really didn't take time for myself or um, my family. My son had a really hard time. And, um, you know, God was with me, but I felt like, kind of like, what's going on? How am I going to handle being there for my mother and for my son? It was just really tough. I lost my dad when I was 13, and um, that was probably the worst time for a boy to lose his dad and uh, it took me to a pretty dark place um, God really felt distant to me I found out when I was at a football game on my way home the car ride home I had my first full on conversation with God and I asked him could it be somebody else's dad could he bring my dad back why did it have to be my dad and I got zero answer so, I, uh, the sum of that conversation, I was very angry with God. So, before I knew Jesus, um, the gospel or anything, um, I really was just doing things for myself. I was pretty much a selfish person and didn't think of other people. Um, I would say that. I felt very lost, but unsure of why I felt lost. I felt like something was missing. Um, I didn't quite know. I was empty and pretty insecure and looking for just worldly things to fill that, um, people to fill that. Um, yeah, just kind of aimless, I guess. You can hear the people from a dark world calling out to the God of light to come into the darkness, to do something, to be present, to be powerful, to be real. And then there were shepherds, Luke chapter 2 says, who were keeping watch over their flock by night in the darkness. And an angel of the Lord appeared and said, Behold, born today in the city of David is the one who will restore all things. 
See, in and through the person of Jesus, God enters into the darkness in dramatic yet humble fashion. Straight into the darkness to a people who literally had not heard from their God in over 400 years. To a people who had suffered the brutality and the pain of a Roman oppression, who had lived in exile literally for hundreds upon hundreds of years, who longed for the fullness of life. But John tells us that Jesus didn't just appear in the night. He says the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. Very literally means the Word became flesh and He pitched His tent amongst His people. Jesus didn't just make a grand showing that we celebrate on Christmas. He entered straight into the darkness and took on humanity and so doing moved Himself literally right into the middle of the mess of our world. And so God responds to the cry of His people. He responds to the cries that come from the deepest parts of our hearts through Jesus in the darkness coming into our existence almost like a secret special operations movement in the night to rescue hostages. God sends Jesus. And so the light that is God, that has seemed far away, it comes near. It moves into the people. It sheds its light amongst the people. The light of God through Jesus dwells amongst His people. And John says, not only did the light come, but it says the darkness cannot and could not overcome it. There is hope then and there is hope now in the midst of our dark and painful and difficult existences. In the midst of our struggle to find meaning. In the midst of our struggle for identity. In the midst of our wrestle with pain and with loss. God has definitively acted in Jesus. Uh, So I grew up in a Christian home, a pretty evangelical uh, type church that I went to. It was a Christian Missionary Alliance. But it really wasn't until the last couple of years, really since I started going to Hope, that I really started to know who Jesus was and to understand the gospel. One way that God broke into this dark time and showed me uh, light was, I would say, primarily through people who cared for me during that time. Um... Uh, particularly people from Hope, um, who I didn't know that well at that point. We had been attending Hope for about nine months or so at that point, and certainly had gotten to know some people, but not really on a deeper level. And um, 
when I saw how people were, how people cared for me who didn't know me that well, um, people visiting in the hospital, um, sending flowers, sending cards, um, I had never felt um, so loved and cared for. For a while, I was having a hard time, and then I started in 2012. I started working as a caregiver, and I think that that really helped me. I think that I think God directed me to that because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then all of a sudden, I saw, hmm, I think I could do this. I cared for my mother. I cared for my kids. I, and I think that position really brought me to get out of my own problem um, not that grieving is a problem, but get out of my head a little bit of what I was going through and to help others. When I was going through the times, um, when I was going through all the, the dark, hard times, I always felt alone. But when I look back at it now, I know that I wasn't alone. That car ride home after we found out my dad died, I always felt alone, as if God wasn't there, he didn't care. Um, now when I look back on it, I realize that he was sitting in the car seat aside of me with his arm around me. I just don't understand why I couldn't realize that then. Um, I felt called to go on this women's retreat. That was God working on me, but I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that I was supposed to go, and I didn't know why. And almost like I was running away to something, but I didn't know what it was. And at the retreat, the gospel was presented to me in such a way, in a different way, that, and I guess my eyes and ears and heart were open to it, um, that I understood. first time that what I was missing was a relationship with Jesus and I instantly felt different and I know the experience is different for everybody but um, one of the things that the speaker had us do was write um, things that we've been holding on to just some baggage just some heaviness that we're not supposed to be holding on to that um, you know God wants to carry for us and I wrote some things down from my past that just some guilt and shame, some decisions that I had made. And um, and we went outside and we nailed those onto a cross. And it was just the um, most strong activity that I've ever done. Um, I instantly knew that, that God like reached on from heaven and just took those things that I had been carrying all these years. light comes into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it and so the light one of the things that it does is it exposes the darkness for what it is this world this violence this pain the emptiness we feel in our life our own effort to make something of ourselves to need that we have deep inside us to prove ourselves to be something 
And yet deep inside, we know there's something missing. Can I tell you something? This is not the world as God intended it to be. The creation account does not stay with a darkness that is formless and empty. Light invades the darkness. Heaven invades the earth. And the Garden of Eden is this beautiful picture of how life and earth are meant to be. God and humanity together. No darkness. The light exposes the darkness in us, doesn't it? Because we know deep within us that while the world is broken and other people are broken, I'm broken too. And, and I've played a role in the brokenness in my life. I've tried to create a life for myself. I've thumbed my nose at the creator of the universe and said, I've got it. I can do this on my own. I have willingly stepped towards the darkness and away from the light. The distance that I feel from God is not God receding from me, but me walking from Him. And yet, Jesus and Christmas is not just a story that we can celebrate about a reality 2,000 years old. It is just as real today that the God of the universe speaks to you in this moment and says, I know that you've stepped aside. I know that you've tried to do it on your own. I know that your life has been broken. I know that you've tried hard, but yet I know that you have felt empty and aimless. And me sending Jesus wasn't just a cool story for figurines to be set up for thousands of years. It was me responding to your darkness. It was me dramatically and decisively entering into your darkness for your rescue. Paul writes to the Ephesians church in chapter 2 of the book of Ephesians that we were lost in our darkness and in our sins. We could not meet God's standard. And he says, but God, being rich in mercy, sent His Son into the darkness to rescue us. This is nothing you have done. This is what He has done for you. And if you would have it, it's yours. See, Jesus didn't just enter the world on Christmas and that was the end of the story. If you're familiar with the Christian story, you know that the humility of a birth in a stable will lead to the ultimate humility of a death on a Roman cross. And it is not coincidence on that cross that Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you 
forsaken me. He felt far from God. And as he breathed his last, it is not coincidence that darkness fell over the whole earth. And the lifeless body of Jesus was ushered into a tomb and a stone closed the entrance and it was pitch darkness. And it was dark Friday night. And it was dark Saturday morning. And it was dark Saturday afternoon. And it was dark Saturday night. But Sunday morning, history changed. And a stone was rolled from the front of the tomb, and lightness shone in, and the light that is life, John said, was resurrected, not just for himself, but for all of humanity. Jesus is called the first fruits from amongst the dead. That is, for anyone who would believe in him, not only has darkness not overcome the light, but death cannot overcome the light. Friends, each of our stories are different, and yet they are woven together with the same fibers. We have tried this thing on our own. We have had varying amounts of success. But you know as well as I do that within you is that purposelessness and that emptiness. The pain that seems to be unconquerable on your own effort. The loss that is too great for you to overcome. A world which is spiraling out of control. This morning, would you look to the light? A God who did not look on darkness impassively, but said, I love my people. And entered into the darkness for rescue. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter the list and accumulation of all of your misdeeds, no matter how far you have walked from God, if this morning you would say, that story about Jesus is my story, the light of God is right with you. It says the light has come and the darkness has not overcome it. And so, friends, the truth is we're faced with a choice. John's account of the arrival of Jesus says that some denied him, that some resisted him, but to those who received him gave the blessing of being called children of God. There's a choice. The choice is not whether or not the light exists. The choice is not whether or not the light has come. The choice is, what will we do with the light? What will you do with Jesus? Many people would be tempted to say, well, Jesus was a good guy, and he taught good things, and I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus, and that's all good and well. 
the truth is Jesus can't just be an inconsequential good guy. The great author and thinker C.S. Lewis famously said it this way, the truth about Jesus leaves us with three options in considering who Jesus is. The first option is he's a liar. He said all these things about himself. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will not be in darkness. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Either he's speaking the truth or he's a liar. Second choice, Lewis said, is if he's not a liar, then he's got to be a lunatic. He must be crazy. Something's not right in his brain. Something's off. He thinks these things and he really believes they're true, but he's not right. And if you're saying, well, he's not a liar and he's not a lunatic, then you are left with one choice. Jesus is who he said he was. He's the Lord of the universe. He is the light that has come into the darkness And he is our only hope for life. John says, the light has come into the darkness, and that light is life. This morning, if you've believed and trusted in Jesus for the first time, or if you've believed this message about Jesus for a long time, you know now to be true that you have regained meaning in life. Jesus would say later in John chapter 12 that those who walk in darkness do not know where they're going. And then therefore the opposite must be true. Those who walk in light do know where they're heading. They have regained meaning in life. They have purpose in who they are. They've understood that their existence is to be in this dynamic and loving relationship with God, the emptiness and the purposelessness and the aimlessness that we have felt has been the distance between God and ourselves. Then he says, for those who receive the light, he has given them the right to be called children of God. Do you know what that means, church? That God would come and not only rescue us, but he would adopt us. It's like finding a refugee trying to make his or her way across a vast sea to a safe place, and in his or her own effort, having no chance at making it in a tattered sea vessel, and having a powerful reality from the place they're trying to go, come and find them in the midst of the sea with a boat that is seaworthy, bring them onto the boat, take them to shore, and then take them to the proper legal services and say, this is now my son or my daughter. They're part of my family. They can live in my house. 
They can have all that I have. Everything that I have saved up, they have full access to everything that I have. This is what it means to be a child of God. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we have been rescued out of the darkness and have been called into the family of God, called a royal priesthood. Paul writes to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 1 that because we are joined to Jesus, we are heirs of all that God has. He says, every spiritual blessing is yours. That you have full access to the bounty and blessing of God. This is not just a God who looks down on us in pity, but a God who is absolutely and completely in love with us and has rescued us to our own. And therefore, he says, if you have believed this message, and if you have experienced the truth of this life being regained, and the full bounty of the blessings of God, he says, then don't live like you're still in the darkness. Live like you're a child of the light. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 to the crowds, you will be like a city on a hill shining for all the world to see. He says, so don't hide your light under a bushel. Let it shine so that others might see it and therefore glorify God. Seems to me there are two options. Well, there's three options this morning. One is you can say this was nice. There's four options. You could say, this was weird. (laughs) Second option, you could say, this was nice. Third option is, you could say, I'm in the darkness. And I realize that the Christmas story is not just a cool thing from 2,000 years ago. It's God's action on my behalf now. Your life will be different. And the fourth option, if you have already believed that and already experienced that, As you go from here knowing that Jesus has not just done this for you, but has commissioned you to be a light to the world, to live like Him, to speak like Him, to be centered on the gospel that He has brought to us. Don't hide your light under a bushel, let it shine so the world can see. And glorify God. Hope Alliance Church, let's be a city on a hill. Shining. Not perfect, but shining. Saying the light has come into the darkness and everything is different. I had multiple doctors and and nurses telling me that With what I have, I really shouldn't be alive, and they couldn't believe that I was alive, and um, that really changes your perspective on life going forward. Um, It it makes you really appreciate the fact that this was not my doing, that I'm still here. There certainly is a sense of, of loss of what my life was like, but it's been so much 
uh, more full um, with um, becoming closer to Jesus and um, also becoming closer to my uh, friends and community around me. Um, that I've realized that those are really what um, what is important. Um, so the loss has really been a gain. Um, I think of just uh, a community of friends and, and people who love me and who I love in return. We need to know that no matter how bad things get, this is just part of our journey, that the kingdom of heaven is where we will, will be. Um, so, you know, things are going to be hard at times, but, you know, God has given us the strength to get, to get through the hard times, to enjoy every aspect of life. When I finally came to Christ, it didn't, it didn't seem to hit me at one dramatic time. Um, it, it was kind of like a bunch of very, very subtle, but very important, very strong times. Um, once I was on my way into work um, and I was listening to a program on the radio and it seemed like they were reading from the gospel and it seemed like they were speaking right to my life. I knew I couldn't do it on my own anymore. I knew I couldn't just keep my head down. I had no other choice um, but to talk to Christ and trust Him and say, okay, it's your time. It's in your hands. I can't do it. There was other multiple times, just small, just like in the car listening to the radio program, but it would happen at all different times and all different places. And sometimes I would have to leave a room because it would happen there. All of those times together have, have led me to where I am right now. I literally felt like physically a lightness about me, like it was lifted, you know, and there's scripture that backs that up, you know, about him, you know, carrying our burdens and um, lightening our load. And um, it's, it's the truth, you know, we're not meant to hold on to shame and guilt and our past mistakes. So I am totally a different person now than I was before. I mean, sure, we can always, we're not perfect, we'll never be perfect here, but I try to think about other people, not myself so much. Um, I I have a heart for the lost, because um, I was lost for so long. I want to tell others about Jesus and what He's done in my life and share it with them. I it just, it hurts me to know there's so many people in this world that don't know him and have a relationship with him today could be your day and how cool christmas eve can be your day that you get to know jesus don't hold back you know if you feel that nudging you that is the holy spirit wanting you to talk to somebody and it's life-changing